Folks, if you're struggling with a relationship with your team or your boss or your peers, or maybe you're not struggling, but you just want to get better in terms of relationships and you understand DISC, we highly recommend you consider our Effective Relationships series of podcasts. You can buy a series telling you that if you're a D, how to relate to your directs, each of whom D, I, S, and C, or if you're a D, relating to your boss, who might be a D, I, S, and C. It will tell you in every podcast, some of them as much as two hours long, how to handle meetings, how to handle delegations, how to handle feedback and coaching, how to brief your boss, how to disagree with your boss, how to communicate in general with your boss, what your boss wants from you and what you might want from your directs as well. Many of the show notes are 20 and 25 pages long to give you many, many examples and many, many details of behaviors you can engage in to, again, as we like to say, reduce the drama, reduce the tension, reduce the conflict, and increase the harmony and collaboration, which leads to better outcomes because it's all about results and people are what's important. Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on relationship errors, not putting your boss first, which may surprise you. Here we go. Okay, Wendy, so our bosses are play a lot bigger role in our lives than they probably realize, even though they feel that way about their boss. In many countries of the world, you can be fired on the spot without giving a reason, without being given a reason, and bosses can do that. Actually, bosses really can't, but we imbue our boss with that ability because they represent the company. And certainly, even if your boss can't fire you, he or she can certainly make your life miserable. So our guidance is it's really good to be able to keep your boss on your side of things. Yep. And one way to do that is to stay on his side. And the way you stay on his <laughs> side is supporting him when he needs it or when it when it seems to be appropriate. Today, we're going to talk about standing up for your boss. We're going to talk about agreeing and disagreeing at the right time. If you have to make a choice between someone else and your boss, choose your boss, even if you don't like them. Yeah. And I know we're going to start with stand up for your boss. And, and I got to tell you, this is not fashionable. This is not cool. I'm amazed at how managers will be shocked that their directs make them part of they, right? Yeah. Uh, we actually have a podcast called Welcome to They. When you get promoted to be a manager for the first time, you're part of the problem in the company in the minds of a lot of individual contributors. And, and they say, you know, God, I can't believe you say that about me. But then that frontline manager then says that very same thing roughly about his or her boss. It's amazing how we don't see that, isn't it? By the way, all the people below you think the same thing about you that you think about your boss. And I guess that keeps going all the way up the organization, right? Even when you're like reporting to the CEO, you still think that somehow. In theory, it does. The issue really is what kind of relationship do you have with people above and below? That's really what it boils down to. And the less relationship you have, the more likely you are to be a they. Um, and look, it's not cool. On the other hand, you stand up for certain people who are downtrodden or haven't been given a, a fair shake in life. That's cool. If somebody's preference is different than the mainstream, standing up for that person is cool, but not so much for the boss. But our point is, if you're a professional, maybe being fashionable isn't the answer. Maybe your organization isn't interested in whether or not you're cool. The organization is interested in whether or not you understand what your role is in helping the organization be effective. And if the organization is effective, that reflects back favorably on you. Yeah. 
as, and as long as your boss's bad behavior isn't illegal, then there's no reasons to not support him and good reasons to do so. Yeah. Now, we know that there's some of you who are listening who have a horrible boss, but who, who doesn't do anything illegal. And you're thinking, gee, I really can't support her. Um, we understand that. And yet, we're attacking the more likely event that your boss and you disagree on some things, but fundamentally, your boss is doing his or her best. Um, maybe you don't like your boss terribly much, but your boss isn't rude, disrespectful, maybe ineffective, maybe inefficient, maybe hard to get on his or her schedule. But you've got to be careful about what you say and what you do publicly to keep from being perceived as disloyal. And I think the first thing we got to say is that as much as it may not be cool to admit, we have to recognize that our boss has control over our career. And there are plenty of ways to see things. And sometimes your way being different than the boss's way is simply a misunderstanding. And you better be careful about always having a different side of a situation other than your boss, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other, the other part of this is it's kind of like the opposite to throwing people under the bus. So if you throw somebody under the bus, if you say, oh, it's all Bill's fault, then every other person you talk to who knows that you threw Bill under the bus is thinking, you're going to do that to me. So I'm not going to tell you whatever it was, or I'm going to keep that yeah, from you because I'm worried that you're going to throw me. If you throw Bill under the bus, you throw me under the bus. And the opposite is true. If you support your boss, then other people will say, okay, well, maybe he'll support me or she'll support me. In my, when I have something that I need some, I need somebody behind me for. It's, it's about getting a reputation for behavior and people assume that when they see one thing, that you'll behave the same way in other situations. Yes. Yeah. If you're, if, if Wendy and I are colleagues and um, I say about our joint boss, oh, isn't he a jerk? Okay, then it's cool for Wendy to say, if we're peers, if we're colleagues, that uh, if we're equal, and we both report to the same person, it's cool for her to say, oh, yeah, I totally agree. That's the cool thing to do. The problem is, in that situation and so many others where a discussion is had about a bad boss, that if I throw the boss under the bus, then Wendy knows that I might throw her under the bus. It's also true that when... Wendy comes to me and says, well, isn't he a jerk? I say, well, I can see it from his point of view. Wendy hopefully will always also draw the conclusion that I can see it from both sides. And most people secretly admit that if you ask them, they'll tell you, I, you know, I don't need you to agree with me. And maybe you're doing your friend a favor to say, well, actually, I mean, look, let's give the guy a break. Well, at the same time, they would appreciate the fact that you're getting them off of their little rant that they're on. And look, I, I just tell you, there's an awful lot of people who have no concept of throwing their boss under the bus because they're agreeing with a buddy and they're not really throwing their boss under the bus. They're just agreeing because it's cool. But here's the other side of that coin. Your boss's peer comes to him and says, I got to tell you, I don't like your direct. And they're talking about me, let's say. My boss goes, yeah, I see that. You know, I know what you mean. Yeah, he can be a real pain sometimes. Well, if you're comfortable agreeing with your colleague who comes and talks badly about your boss to you, don't be surprised if your boss does the same thing to you. And we're not suggesting that the standard is cool. We're suggesting the standard is effectiveness and professionalism. And you don't have to be a goody two-shoes, 
but you do have to be willing to stand up for stuff, particularly your relationship with your boss, which is important. What about, look, I worry that if I disagree with you or if I don't jump on your let's throw the boss under the bus train, I worry that you're not going to be happy with me. That's a possibility, but I think there's ways to say, you know, you said, well, let's see it from two points of view. Like, like, I can see his point of view. That's pretty weak when it comes to support. Right. But it's also not something that anyone can really object to or say, oh, you're sucking up because you're supporting the boss. You haven't said anything negative, but to be fair, you haven't really said anything totally positive. So... Uh, it's hard to say that you're sucking up when you're not being gushingly positive. Yeah, another thing I, I think we ought to say is, you know what? I just don't know everything he knows. And I've been in that situation a lot. People say, well, I disagree with this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, I, I just got to tell you, if you knew what I knew, you, I'm, I'm just saying. And I, I'm sorry, I can't share everything with you, but I made the right decision under the circumstances. And that's part of what being a manager or a leader is, is being willing to make tough decisions and recognizing that some people will disagree. Okay, so do you have an example? Yeah, there's an example in the show notes. If you're a licensee, you can read it. But should we do a role play? Yeah, sure. Which one do you want to be? I'll be Sarah. I don't care. You you be the colleague. Oh, good. I get to rant. (laughs) This is my natural state, so I should be good at this. So (laughs) what is the boss on today? She's rearranging all the schedules, and we already agreed to them. And she better not put me on Friday night. I'm sure she can tell her. I won't do it. I just won't. I'll just tell her. Hey, look, dude, I'm sure she's doing it for good reason. She's usually pretty good at making sure the schedule works for us. Let's just wait and see how it comes out. If she's giving you Friday night, I'll help you find somebody to switch with. Yeah, well, good reason. She's just playing with us. Uh, maybe, but really, do you really think she'd sit down there for three hours rearranging the schedules just to mess with us? I mean, I don't know the reason any more than you do, but it's got to be a good one. Would you do that? Would you? I mean, would you sit there if you were in her shoes? Would you literally sit there for three hours and mess with us? I don't think she has time for that. And and I guess my fear is if we don't think we would do it, really? Do we think that low of her that we believe she would do that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. She still annoys me, though. Yeah, of course. And terrible bosses are hard to defend. And, and we've got guidance about that, guys. In general, though, bosses are just like you, doing their best among a lot of competing pressures. They make mistakes, just like us. Um. And someday you're going to be a boss. And there, with the grace of God, go you. So rather than throwing your boss under the bus, stand up for your boss a little bit. It may not be as cool as you want to be, but it's valuable as a professional. Yeah. So the next thing is agree and disagree at the right time. This is one of my favorite phrases. (laughs) The idea is... um, it's fine, but the, I just like the phrase, murdering the unchosen. Oh, that's one of my all-time favorites. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So explain what we mean by murdering the unchosen alternative. So let's imagine that we're trying to decide something as a team. We are trying to decide whether or not we should have a presentation in Monaco. And some people are for and some people are against and we have a little discussion about it and it goes on for a couple of weeks and we get some data and eventually the boss says, look, I've decided we're not going. And all the time you were on the side of going to make, uh, going to Monaco because, you know, it's Monaco. Uh, but the moment the boss decides, the decision is made. And so your job is to, is to forget 
Yeah. Even forget if you were passionate. Yeah. Forget that you wanted something else and support that decision as if it was the one that you had originally. Exactly. And I think what the, the point about agree and disagree at the right time, if Wendy and I are discussing something and she's my boss and she says, what do you think we should do? If she says, I think we should do A, I'm not disagreeing with her inappropriately if I say B, if we haven't made the decision. If it's open for debate, if it's open for discussion, then that's what a good boss or even an average boss expects. What do you guys think? Well, I think B. Well, I think A. If the boss isn't trying to shut things down, and some bosses do that, of course, and some bosses expect everyone to just agree with them all the time, which are they're bad bosses after a fashion. But if Wendy says A and I say B and the debate hasn't shut down, I'll say, well, here's why I disagree with you. I think of this and this and this and this and this. I see your point about here. And I'm thinking this and this and this are ways to ameliorate that. Okay. We're still disagreeing. And this is the right time to disagree. When we're talking about the future and what our plans could be and what our decisions might be and what our priorities might be and how we might go about certain things, it's okay to disagree then. Disagreeing at the right time does not include continuing to fall on your sword, continue to argue the point after Wendy, my boss in this situation, has said, no, I've decided we're not going. Okay, So it's okay to disagree beforehand and at the same time, as a professional, you're expected to fall in line. And, and that phrase is, has fallen out of favor around here, but that is exactly what managers and executives who are good at their job do all the time say, okay, we decided we're not going, I get it, no problem. And by the way, Wendy's boss or Wendy recognizes when I do that, that I'll be a passionate advocate on things and she'll seek my opinion out more often because she doesn't want a passionate advocate who never gives up. It's inappropriate for me when Wendy, my boss, asks me for opinions to give them openly and then not be willing to give in to the organization's power, which Wendy represents, and to continue arguing them after the decision has been made. It's inappropriate. And so I'll be asked less. You may be thinking, well, she said she wanted debate and discussion. Yeah, up until a point, and there's a right time. And once the decision is made, you murder the unchosen alternative, which in this case is my alternative, my choice, my recommendation gets murdered, and I support hers. But I don't get to keep arguing for my point. And by the way, I certainly don't get to squirrel away resources to protect my point in the event that she decides to change things because those resources could go to something else. And what most people don't see is they think being passionate at the start includes the authority to be passionate after the fact, which is not true. And if I'm passionate after the fact, Wendy's going to ask me less because I'm hard to deal with, because there's a time to talk and a time to open up. There are times to consider, times to debate, times to disagree, and then there are times to act. There is thinking, and then there is action. And action doesn't mean spending 30% of your energy defending a position that's already been taken once the decision's been taken. Plus, if I disagree in the beginning, if I'm candid with Wendy, and then she says, no, we're going to do the other thing. And I say, okay, I get that. Sorry I lost this time, and that happens. And now I'm totally behind her idea of not going to Monaco. She'll ask me more. 
And I'm not seen as kowtowing or rolling over. I'm seeing as ma- having made a passionate debate, being intelligent enough to know that there are some times when things don't go my way and recognizing that I was asked for individual input. I gave it. And yet the entire organization is going to be al- have to be aligned in some way. And as much as people talk about alignment, it's amazing how many people then act as if they don't have to be aligned if they don't want to. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Like, you do hear a lot about alignment and all being in, ready for the same goals. Well, what should I say if my colleagues come to me and said, hey, you know, you were, you trying, you were in favor of A, and now you're suddenly in favor of B? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Mike made the decision. He's not going to change his mind, so we might as well get on board with it and see what we can do to make it successful because carrying on arguing about it is going to make us all miserable. Yeah, now see me, I'm not recommending this, guys. I think what Wendy just said is perfect. And if it were me, because it's me and because of what I do, and if I were in your organization and somebody came to me and says, hey, I thought you were voting for A, and it seems now you're behind B, and I would say, yeah, because I don't think I'm going to change Mike's mind. Uh, There's no point in arguing. He's made the decision, and the right thing to do is get on board. And then I might go further. I would say what Wendy said, and then I might say, look, you got to learn. There's a time to speak up, and it's okay to disagree when the boss asks for opinions. And I think it's okay to disagree with the boss. In fact, most bosses would say, yeah, it's okay to disagree with me while we're planning and thinking and figuring things out because you have a different point of view and different point of views rub together to create new and better stuff. Friction can be good. You should do it in a collaborative way, in a professional and polite and pleasant way, and you can disagree. And then once the decision's made, you don't get to agree to disagree. That's something we do for interpersonal relationships that are not about the organization. And I would tell them, I murdered the unchosen alternative. My alternative was the one that wasn't chosen. And if I were him, what I would want is robust debate and then narrow alignment. And I know I'm going to be in his position or something like that, I hope, someday. And so I'm behaving now in a way that I want out of respect for karma, the way I want my directs to behave when we have robust debates and then we all get on board. I think you're right, Woody. I think it is not cool anymore to do it this way. And this is the right way. This is the professional way and the effective way. Any other way is selfish. Yeah. The examples we've given are pretty low-key and very soft. And if you feel confident and you're good with your colleagues and you have that kind of relationship and you want to be a bit stronger, you absolutely can. But we wanted to refer them to this podcast. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Look, I've already I listened to Manager Tools and they told look, these guys are great and they said, you know, I should agree I should agree and disagree at the right time. That's right. There are some bosses that don't like robust debate or they don't like debate in public because they're worried that they're not doing the right thing or they have, you know, those kind of confidence like, I just got promoted. It's secretly they're thinking, I just got promoted and I've got no idea what I'm thinking. And some people no idea what I'm doing. And some people will say that out loud and some people will hide it. And the people that are hiding it usually don't like debate in public. So if you've got one of those bosses, then have the debate in private. Yeah, look, but look, if Wendy's my boss and I just uh, I don't know that she wants debate in private or I don't know that she's not comfortable with public debate, you can assume the first time you start working with somebody that when they say, what do you guys think? It's not no holds barred, but anything is possible. And so you'd say, well, I've actually been thinking about X. And Wendy, my boss, goes, no, I'm pretty sure it's A. Now, hopefully you have an ear to the ground and you recognize in the course of the meeting, after the boss says he thinks it's A or she thinks it's A, Wendy says it's A, 
nobody else on Wendy's team, any of my colleagues, my peers, if we all report to Wendy, none of them say, oh, I don't think it's A or I disagree or whatever. But if I don't hear that, and I say, well, here's why I think it's X, boss. And after a few minutes, she goes, yeah, no, it's A. Well, I do that once, and then maybe I pay more attention and I realize, oh, okay, no offense, but she's not confident enough. And she doesn't mean it when she says, let's hear all options. Managers learn to say these kinds of things, but then don't know what they mean or how to behave to back them up. And then the manager makes the mistake of immediately giving their option, causing those people who are afraid of them to shut down immediately. Why bother? Um, and if that's the case, then yeah, what you do is you say, well, until the boss says something, you can say, I think X. And when the boss says A, you say, well, okay, I can get behind A. And then you take it offline. And you may be able to go to her in advance and say, hey, I'm just thinking, we're getting ready to talk about X, A, and B, and C. Just want to make my two points about X, okay? And I do that in advance. But I probably wouldn't do that at a meeting. Or if I did, I would quickly get on board otherwise. Because, again, there's a right time to agree and disagree. Okay, the last point you suggested was, if you have to make a choice, choose your boss. What do you mean? First of all, the only person that out uh, that trumps your boss is your spouse. That's the only person that's more important than your boss. Because family comes first and your spouse has to be happy about the things you're doing. So if your boss wants to, you to do something like move to Montana and your spouse says no, then the answer is no. Although you wouldn't like say it like quite like that to your boss but most day-to-day things can be compromised you know there's there's not it's not often that your boss says you've got to move to Montana or else in those cases choose your boss and is actually a selfish choice yes because your boss is the one who has an effect on your career they decide whether you get the cool projects they decide whether or not you spend days coding something really boring or redoing work that you already did or they decide whether or not you get to go to training or get to go to meetings that you wouldn't necessarily be invited to so they're the ones in control um so it's as well to be on their side because then you get the things that you want or at least you're more likely to get the things that you want yeah i love the example you give in the show notes where even if there's a contention between your boss and his or her boss support your boss this is so tempting for people to, to immediately start thinking politically about themselves. But tomorrow, after this decision is gone, you're going to see your boss's boss again in three months, but you have to live with your boss every single day. And certainly if you have a strong opinion, uh, that's one thing. But I wouldn't say in front of my boss, I agree with your boss. You would say, my case that I was going to make is this. And if, in fact, you end up agreeing with his boss's boss, that's one thing. If you've not voiced your opinion and your boss says to you, well, I'm thinking X and my boss is thinking Y, what do you think? Um, If you're just being brought into it, say, sir, I can see your point. I think X probably makes the most sense. And if that's what you want, then we're going to have to put it in place. And so that's fine. If your boss is smart, he'll be agreeing with his boss um, and supporting him. (laughs) But if he, even if he doesn't, even if the debate is now and it's X versus Y and your boss says X and his boss says Y and you say um, X seems like it's going to be the one to work for me and you lose because the higher boss that says no, it's going to be Y, then your boss is going to go, well, okay, I lost, but at least my direct supported me. You know? Yeah, another thing too, we're talking about decisions, but think about a situation where a new system is being rolled out, right? Yeah, no systems 
<laughs> it's always griping. People like, gripe I don't want to do it this way. Why did they have to change it? Yeah. And you could say, hey, look, guys, it is what it is. You know, I'm just going to go along. It's fine. Well, you know, you didn't like the, you liked the old system. Yeah, I did. I don't have much choice. And we're the new system. And I found the longer I gripe about a change, the longer it takes me to get on board with the change. And this is not where the value is. This is not where my joy is. This is not the big lever that I needed to be. And so, therefore, you know, you win some, you lose some. We lost this one. I just generally get over it as fast as I can. I don't want to lose the next game because I'm still replaying yesterday's game in my head when I go into the new one. So the loss is a loss. It's over. I'm moving on. And look, the company's not going to go back the old, <laughs> the old system because people groan. If they've just spent millions on a new HR system or an accounting system, there's no way they're going back. So you might as well get on the train. And if you moan and complain, and then the, there's a question in their mind about stuff, and you are you have an attitude, you have a reputation for moaning and complaining, you're not the one they're going to ask. They're going to ask the sober one. And if somebody has been on board with it and they say, hey, what do you think about this? You're able to make it work. Well, look, I'm on board. It's the choice we made. I found the other one easier, and maybe I just don't have long enough. Couch your comments, your disagreement with your boss, which is to say the system and the company, in ways that are polite and professional, and you'll be heard. If, in fact, a change needs to be made again, you're much more likely to be heard if you're not whining and complaining and griping and gossiping about the system and the boss and the man and, and so on. It's funny. We talk about the man, you know, fear the man, but we don't say that about women. That's too bad, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah, <laughs> maybe someday. Okay, good. We're big fans of this at Manager Tools. It's not popular. But it's the way all great organizations work. All effective professionals behave this way. So can you sum up for us, Wendy? I can. So we talked about stand up for your boss, agree and disagree at the right time. And if you have to make a choice, choose your boss. Just think about who has the most power or the most influence in your circle. And it's always your boss. So make yeah. you do it. think about it and then make a choice and I'll shortcut for you. It's your boss. Choose your boss. There you go. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. Yes, your relationship with your boss is more important than any other relationship you have in the organization. Even if he or she makes it hard to do, you can still be as useful as possible. See you next week. Career Tools produces actionable guidance for professionals every week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face, go to www.managertools.com. Search for Career Tools on Twitter and LinkedIn.